You're listening to episode number 82 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today, we're chatting about how to make keto adjustments, your most powerful biomarker as a woman, the reason you feel hungry on keto, and so much more. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast, and in case you missed it, my 12-week ketogenic video training program for women, Happy Keto Body, is now open for registration, but only for a few days. You can get more details at happyketobody.com. If you've been watching what I've been sharing over the last few weeks, you may already realize just how valuable this opportunity is and that it will only be available for a very short time. This is your chance to finally take the guesswork out of the keto ketogenic diet and end your frustrations to master holistic keto balance your hormones lose weight and feel awesome when you join happy keto body you'll get access to the entire 12-week program with over 21 hours of totally new online video modules access to convenient blood work testing and analysis by a doctor 12 in-depth special guest interviews, downloadable worksheets, recipes, and meal plans to streamline your keto day every day, plus a supportive community of keto sisters to motivate and encourage you along the path to pure keto joy. And you get a bunch of free guides with your membership, including high carb to keto food swaps, how to calculate your macros, traveling with keto, unplanning your keto meals, customizing fat intake for optimal weight loss, learning how to eat intuitively, and so much more. In total, you get access to over $200 in free bonuses. When you discover the perfect keto plan for you using Happy Keto Body, it makes all the difference between struggling, feeling frustrated, and falling off the wagon, or overcoming your frustrations and imbalances to finally get the healthy, sexy body you want. All details can be found at happyketobody.com, and I'm super excited to see you on the inside. Okay, now on to the podcast. Hey guys, happy Sunday. The show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E82. And let's hear from one of our awesome partners. I love being Canadian, the home of the true north, strong and free, but gosh, am I jealous that y'all in the US get access to Thrive Market. For all of my pals south of the border, my friends at Thrive Market are offering you $20 off your first three boxes of groceries, plus free shipping and a 30 day free trial. That's a total of $60 in savings, equivalent of over three tubs of collagen or over four free pounds of cacao butter, or get this, a half year's supply of free digestive enzymes, all for switching to Thrive Market for your online grocery needs. So on top of their everyday wholesale prices, the extra $60 off your first three orders plus free shipping, you're going to transform a regular $100 grocery run into an $80 Thrive Market order for three months in a row for the same amount of things. Go to thrivemarket.com slash keto to get your instant $60 off free shipping and a free 30 day membership. This offer is available to new Thrive Market customers only. And if you're unsure of the link, simply check out the show notes for today's episode to get all the details. Okay, I got one announcement today, and it's probably the most important announcement that we've ever had on the podcast. So listen up. Happy Keto Body, my 12-week ketogenic video training program exclusively for women, closes its doors today, April 22nd, 2018 at 11.59 Pacific. So if you've been thinking about registering for Happy Keto Body, today is the absolute last day that you can register, like the last day. I don't know when it's going to open up again. I have no clue. So it's best to get in on this now because I, I really just don't know when we're going to be offering this program again. So if you go to happyketobody.com, you can learn more about it. Okay. Today's guest, her name is Meg Dahl. She's been on the podcast a couple of times in episode 19, all about self-love and in episode 36 about keto for healing. Meg Dahl is a registered holistic nutritionist, author, podcaster, essential oil educator, and self-love expert. As an eating disorder survivor, Meg is passionate about guiding women to living lives of personal freedom and supporting them in cultivating a deep sense of love for themselves. Meg's book, Keto Freedom, 
debuts in December 2018, and I'm so excited for her to share her story both in paperback form and on today's show. Now, in today's episode, Meg mentions a bunch of different blood tests and stool tests, and I just want to let you know because Happy Keto Body is closing its doors today for registration. Happy Keto Body also comes with lab testing. So that means that much of the lab work that Meg mentions today is actually inside Happy Keto Body and you can request lab work with a third party that we partnered up with on this project. Super exciting. So again, that's happyketobody.com. Okay, without further ado, let's cut over to this episode. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. Hey Meg, how's it going? Hey girl, it's going great and it's so nice to be chatting with you. Yeah, we were saying before we started recording, it's it feels like it's been forever since I chatted with you, so I'm so happy you've come back on the show. Yeah, well with your travels and everything, gosh, it has been a while. <laughs> I know, seriously. So for listeners that may not be familiar with your work, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So I am Meg Dahl, and if you follow me on social media or want to, I am Meg the RHN. So a lot of people know me as Meg, the RHN, and RHN stands for Registered Holistic Nutritionist. So I studied, like I began my journey by studying dietetics in university and just realized that I wanted to dive into more of the holistic aspect of things, the holistic way of healing. So I studied holistic nutrition at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. And from there, I just launched my own business. And I love helping women really, you know, find their health and their freedom. So freedom is huge for me. I have a history of dealing with anorexia. So I battled and overcame anorexia two times within my life. And that is a huge passion of mine is supporting women in finding their freedom within their life, whatever that may be. So I don't exclusively work with women with eating disorders, but it's like, you know, I support women with digestive issues and mental health issues and hormone issues. And it's just all about finding that freedom within their life so they can feel, I always refer to it as like that buzz of life. I want everyone to feel that buzz and wake up and feel that feeling of like, oh my gosh, my life is pretty awesome or really awesome. And that's what I'm addicted to essentially is supporting women in feeling that way. So that's a little bit about me. I work with people online. So you and I were just chatting off air how fortunate we are to have these businesses that allow us to work from anywhere in the world. I am, you know, I usually live in Saskatchewan, Canada, but right now I'm actually in London, Ontario. So it's just cool that, you know, our businesses are online and we're able to hop around. Yeah, I do love the hopping. I don't (laughs) think I could, I don't think I could stop hopping. In fact, I was asked the other day in an interview, like, so, you know, what's your plan with Explorking? You know, you're just looking around for the best place to live. I'm like, no, I'm I'm legit just exploring the world. We have no plan on settling down. I don't think I could stop hopping at this point. So it's really cool that um, our our businesses allow us to do this and also continue to share things. And I think, I don't know if you've noticed, but with traveling, you learn more about your body and you learn more about other people. Like I find in different states, there's different goals and different accessibility to different ingredients. And so all that has been really helpful in me understanding the big picture. Do you find that as well? Oh my gosh, totally. So I live in Saskatchewan in like a little city, I guess it is, of 18,000. And right now I'm in London, Ontario. 
Ontario, where they focus so much on local ingredients and just sourcing so much locally. So the restaurants that I've been going to have been phenomenal. And, you know, there's there are those cool restaurants that source everything locally and change their menus up all the time. And then even going to the grocery stores, um, like for breakfast this morning, I actually just had some goat yogurt that was made not too far away from here. And, you know, goat yogurt isn't something I typically have, but there's that freedom for me that I love experimenting with my diet, seeing how things make me feel and Whatnot, And I know we're going to chat a little bit more about that in today's episode. But yeah, I, I love traveling because, well, you always learn things, but I love exploring new foods and things like that. That's like one of my most favorite things to do. Yes, I agree. And so how did you find keto and what does it mean to you? All right. So keto is not... Like, I don't label anything. So if anyone asks me how I eat, I would not say I eat keto or paleo or anything like that. Even though if you did look at my, the way I eat, the foods that I eat throughout the day, they would fall within those categories if you were to categorize or label things. But how I found keto was I actually had a parasite two years ago. It took me a year to actually identify it was a parasite. But once I did, I was experiencing a whole long list of symptoms. You know, I was totally fatigued, like the most fatigued I've ever been in my entire life. There was days where I really had a difficult time walking around our neighborhood just because I was so dizzy, which is a symptom that was related to the parasite. But the parasite just took a lot of a lot out of me, really, you know, hit my adrenals hard. And um, I was just studying a lot at the time about digestive healing and overcoming parasites as well. I'm a restorative wellness practitioner. So through that training, I got extensive training and knowledge on parasite eradication. So through that, like I learned that, you know, limiting my carbs would be beneficial for supporting my body along with like the herbal supplements that I was taking. But just, you know, I was taking bits and pieces of the diet portions of healing um, away from my studies. And at the time I was eating like a paleo kind of template that was including a lot of carb dense veggies as I was working out a lot. But with the parasite, like I said, it took so much energy out of me. And I just wanted to learn how to support my body the best. So it really came down to eating in a way that supported my gut in eradicating the parasite and also supporting my adrenals because they were really, you know, needing some love and support. So a huge focus for me was balancing my blood sugar levels and making sure I was getting enough fat. And so that's really what keto means to me, I guess, is just really opening up to that life of like enjoying lots of fats and not putting a limit on that. And eating in that way, it support like it really addressed my symptoms of having a parasite. So every time like I couldn't tolerate sweet potatoes, plantains, and even winter squash. I every single time I ate those foods, I literally blew up like a basketball. And I am not exaggerating, you guys. You can go on my Instagram account and actually find a picture of me and it looks like there is a basketball in my stomach. Um, And that was the reaction I got every single time I ate something that was more carb dense. Um, So eating a lower carb, really high fat diet was helping me eliminate those symptoms while I used herbal supplements to actually eradicate the parasite. And then also the fat 
was really helping me feel better energy wise. And I love that feeling. And I know Leanne, you can relate, you know, you kind of like experience how great you feel eating an abundance of fat. And so I just kept on doing that. And um, over the year of doing that, I really noticed some positive changes with my adrenal health. So caffeine, um, even caffeine within like cocoa powder, or, you know, if I wanted a little piece of dark chocolate, I could not tolerate that. It like my adrenals were like, no, like I can't even handle this small amount of caffeine. And once I started eating more of a keto diet, so more high fat, um, I'm actually able to tolerate cacao and chocolate now. And I even added in some white tea again, and I can tolerate um, the amount of caffeine in there. So a lot of healing can come from certain ways of eating. And for me, this keto or this high fat, low carb was really healing for me during the time of my parasite. And that's really when I was introduced to eating this way. Mm, that's amazing. I didn't know your full story. So that's really cool. And I can relate to the whole basketball belly mm. thing. That was me about eight years ago. It was just horrible. I couldn't eat anything. Like I just couldn't eat anything. And I would have that intense pain and a huge bloated belly. So if people or women specifically have issues that they're trying to address, where do they even start? Like, how did you how did you piece that together with the whole parasite thing and how to do it? I understand that you're educated. So it's a little bit different. But do you have any tips on how people can get started in in resolving specific health issues when they are ketogenic or rely on a lot of awesome fat? Yeah. So for me, for actually identifying the fact that I had a parasite, I, within my practice, I run comprehensive stool analysis. So, you know, if you're working with a doctor or, you know, anyone that can run a comprehensive stool analysis for you, definitely get that done. If you're suffering from um, like digestive issues and you can't really figure it out. Like I was going through this for an entire year, you guys, and it was just terrible, you know? Um, so luckily I was able to run that test for myself and it came back positive for blastocystis hominis. So that's the type of parasite that I got um, or that I had and found out that I had after a year of kind of thinking like, is it mold that I'm dealing with? And I just kind of thought like, oh, maybe I have really like tanked adrenals, but I ran a cortisol test on myself and my adrenals weren't terrible. Like it didn't explain why I was feeling the way I was feeling. So just doing that digging work is super, super important and working with, you know, if, if you're not a practitioner yourself, it, I think it's very important to work with someone that can support you in overcoming whatever you're dealing with. More on my interview with Meg Dahl after this message from one of our podcast partners. By now, you probably know my favorite on-the-go keto snack is made by Paleo Valley. Their beef sticks have been a staple in my purse for years. If you're not totally on board with a beef flavor, Paleo Valley now offers turkey sticks sourced from pasture-raised turkeys who are never confined and are given full access to outdoor pesticide-free pastures. The turkey sticks are a bit more mild and come in two delicious flavors, original and cranberry orange. All Paleo Valley sticks are naturally fermented and contain 1 billion probiotic CFUs for a natural boost in gut health, plus their gluten, soy, dairy-free, and zero grams of sugar. Paleo Valley is offering 20% off their fermented stick snacks to listeners of the Keto Diet Podcast. Just head on over to paleovalley.com slash keto to receive your instant 20% off. Unsure of the link? Simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all the details. Yeah, amazing. And how long do you necessarily like recommend people stick with an adjustment? Cause you know, like working with clients, we know that people will be told, you know, if you just had, you know, more coconut oil as opposed to canola oil in the day, you'd probably feel better. And they do it for one day and they come back to us and they're like, it didn't work. I felt the same. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you know, those clients. So what is your recommendation on 
adjustments and the length of time to follow an adjustment before adding a new one or adjusting it even further? Yeah, that's a great question. So when I found out I had a parasite, it was August of 2016. And I'm just going to throw dates out so you guys can kind of get a timeline because I totally know what you mean, Leanne. Um, I work with a lot of women and, you know, they're on protocols and we're not even halfway through the protocol and they're really frustrated that all of their symptoms aren't even gone yet. Um, So I just want to give you guys kind of a glimpse at my journey and how long it took me to overcome something that was really, really hard for me. So I found out that I had a parasite in August of 2016. And because it was a parasite, I'm not one to rely on antibiotics for really anything. Um, In August of 2016, at that point, I don't even think I had an antibiotic in over like three or five years. Like it was a very long time. My immune system is great, thankfully. And I just, you know, I rely on natural supports if I can. But with a parasite and with the way I was feeling, it was very, like it was a very, very serious health issue for me. And um, when I found out in August, I took a round of antibiotics And then I retested. So that was, you know, let's say a month later. Um, The test came back again positive for blastocystis hominis. And I was obviously very frustrated, but I did another herbal protocol. And that was three months long. And then I retested again. And in February of 2017 that test again came back positive. So you can only imagine how kind of defeated I was feeling. But even though I felt defeated, I kind of knew the results were going to come back positive just given my symptoms. I wasn't feeling really any better or different. So I you know, had a, that gut feeling that the results were just going to be the exact same and that I still was dealing with this parasite. Luckily, at the time when I found out that I still had the parasite, so in February of 2017, I was actually in the States at that time. And I was able to get my hands on the supplements that I actually use with my clients who are in the state. So this is the protocol that I use as a restorative wellness practitioner. So I was able to grab all of the supplements that I wanted to take in the first place, but didn't really have great access to in Canada. Um, So I grabbed all those and I started another three-month protocol using those herbal supports. And just in June of 2017, I finally got, um, you know, that awesome news that I was free from this parasite. And again, I had that gut feeling that it was gone um, because the majority of my symptoms were totally gone. I was feeling a lot better, but there was still some lingering things. So my parasite was gone, but the parasite wrecked so much havoc on my gut that I actually now is dealing with a bacterial overgrowth. So that's something, Leanne, like that's important to note is you might overcome one thing, But that doesn't mean that you don't have additional healing to do, right? So after the parasite, I was dealing with a bacterial overgrowth, followed another three-month protocol um, when I found that out. And now I am so grateful for my health. I keep a gratitude journal every day. And one thing that I always write down is my health because For two years, it was very, very challenging and um, really hard, right? And we've all, I know everyone listening to this show, you've obviously gone through some health challenges and it's really hard no matter what you're dealing with. Um, It's just a really hard time of life. So now I am just truly so grateful for my health every single day. But yeah, that kind of gives you a timeline, essentially. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think the major takeaway and something that I've learned with all my health struggles up until this point is like the patience and also the gratitude, even when you are going through a difficult time, um, it wasn't until I started practicing self-care and gratitude that I ended up getting my period back. And I think that that played a huge role, too, of just being gracious for the things that I did have and the feelings that I was feeling. And even the little wins, like waking up not so tired. That was a really big deal to me, although the end goal was to get my period back. The fact that I woke up with a little bit of energy in the morning was a huge win. So I like that you mentioned that, too. And speaking of like cycles and stuff, do you in your practice or overall with health and, and I'd love to get more into the hormones piece at this point, but do you use the cycle as a biomarker for health overall? Oh, yeah. And so a lot of the women that come to me do have um, missing periods, so amenorrhea. And, you know, thankfully, with my practice, I am able to do some testing. So we can go into hormone testing, and I can offer my clients like a 30-day hormone panel. So we get like this nice big picture of what it is that their hormones are doing throughout the course of 30 days. But it is incredible to see the changes in hormones by just focusing on gut health. It's so important to me. I've helped so many women overcome their digestive issues and in turn regain their missing periods after years of not having one. Mm, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because oftentimes, you know, a lot of women will seek blood tests and stool tests and urine tests. And then I ask them like, you know, how's your cycle? And they're like, well, I haven't gotten one in a year. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh-huh. Like that is your most powerful biomarker that you have as a woman. If your cycle is off, something is off. And I think that that's a really great way to kind of um, move forward before anything else um, to kind of get a sense of where your hormones are at. So why are balanced hormones so important? And does it actually really matter? I've met so many women that are like, I don't care. It's actually great that my cycle doesn't come every month. Oh my gosh, that is so sad to me. If, If you are missing your period or just have, you know, hormones that you know yourself are not properly balanced and you think that's okay, it is most definitely not. We are female. We are women and we are supposed to be functioning in a way like we are supposed to be fertile, right? That is like the marker of health for women. And if we are not, there's something wrong. And I can get really personal here and share my journey with amenorrhea. So due to my history of eating disorders, I lost my period. And it came back after actually seeing a Reiki practitioner. Like I could like long story, but um, that was back in high school, first year of university. And then it kind of went away again. And I went on birth control. So we know what that's like. And then as I started studying holistic nutrition, I got off of birth control and it just didn't come back. And a year later, I actually started seeing some progress in my hormones, started spotting and got a really, really quick bleed, essentially. Not that full period that I would have liked to see, but things were coming along. And then the following month is when I was started to deal with that parasite when I contracted that parasite. And because of that, I was kind of thrown back, right? My body was under so much stress. And once I noticed those changes in my hormones, I did not know yet that I was dealing with a parasite, but my hormones changed. So I was like, that was a red flag for me, right? I kind of opened my eyes and was like, okay, what's going on here? What am I dealing with? And that's really when I started digging for things. So that is kind of my message here is what if your hormones are out of balance, or if you are missing your period, definitely take that as a sign that things aren't right. 
and you should be doing some more digging. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. And kind of aligned with biomarkers in general, what are your thoughts on hunger and healing? Like what what role does hunger play in healing and can that be used as a biomarker as well? Ooh, yes, absolutely. I work with so many women, again, that have just kind of uncontrollable hunger. And I was one of those women too, years ago. And for me, it was a marker that my body was so undernourished from for so many years. I think it can be a marker for a lot of things, blood sugar imbalance, you can get some really extreme hunger. But most often, at least within my practice, and I would love to hear from you too, just dive into this topic a little bit more, because I think it's not something that is talked about enough is this like uncontrollable hunger, or just not being able to satisfy the hunger. Um, So I would love to hear what you have found with working with women. But for me, it's typically like, these women are either really undernourished, even though they might be nourishing themselves right now. It's because of years of undernourishing their bodies, that now their body is kind of almost waking up in a sense and being like, feed me, like I see you're feeding me now. So it's, you know, their hunger cues are kicking back in. Yeah, I find that for sure. And also, if a woman is coming, like is currently on a low fat diet, a lot of the hunger they're experiencing is because they're not eating enough fat. Or when they first adjust to a ketogenic diet, like within the first 30 days or so, I know that some people can experience intense hunger because their body is like, where are the carbs? What are you doing to me? I don't want this fat. I want carbs. And their hunger can actually spike up. And another one that people don't often give enough um, power to that's a real issue for a lot of people is just that emotional hunger and something that I have always struggled with and continue to do so even today, especially now that I'm not using an eating disorder to kind of deal with my feelings or not kind of like completely deal with my feelings. And so a lot of the times we can experience intense hunger when it's actually not hunger, but an emotional feeling that we're having. Like if I'm feeling not connected, like if I haven't talked to friends in a while, my sister's been really busy at work, uh, my mom's been busy, and I haven't just connected with people and friends, I often find that I'm more hungry, and I will eat more, and I will seek out food as a way to cope with that feeling instead of taking a moment to be like, why am I actually hungry right now? And nine times out of 10, it's the fact that I'm feeling some emotion, and I'm not unpacking that emotion. And so I find that there's a lot of yeah, but I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry, like frantic hungry, so hungry. And oftentimes, it's like actually an emotion and not that you're actually physically hungry. Do you find that as well? Oh, yeah. And that's really where I am super passionate about um, really stepping into this place of awareness and always be really aware and mindful of our thoughts and our feelings and emotions. And kind of like you said, like being like connected with yourself or kind of like in your body, right? Um, It's so easy to just have these racing thoughts of I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, but not really taking that time to tune in and be like, okay, am I hungry for food? Or am I hungry for quality time with a loved one, that sort of thing. Um, So yeah, totally on point there for sure. And so kind of flipping the script a little bit is how do you know you're actually hungry? Because I know both of us dealt with an eating disorder. So I'm sure for you as well, it was pretty, I remember when I was just starting to want to heal my body. It's like, I didn't even know what hunger was. And I don't think you need to have experienced an eating disorder to be like, I don't know actually when I'm hungry. I've been following my fitness pal and it tells me when I'm hungry and when I need to eat. Do you have tips on how we can listen to our body and really determine is this hunger? Is it emotional hunger? Is it physical hunger? Hunger. How do we deal with this? Yeah. And I love this 
question. And honestly, it could probably be like a whole podcast in and of itself, right? Because there's just so much to explore within this topic and so many different opinions and places to start and whatnot. And to be completely honest, I have so much to say about this. But one of the main issues I see with this is women simply just relying on that like stomach hungry feeling like that empty hungry feeling within their stomach um like they're ready to eat and i just really want to make sure everyone listening knows that that's not always the case and that's not really always what we're looking for um hunger can show up in so many different ways and another personal kind of, you know, story of mine. I always love sharing kind of personal things with me because for me, after realizing, you know, that I was kind of still living with disordered eating behaviors years ago um, and committed to this journey of nourishing myself and freedom, I realized like the same thing that we're discussing right now is like I didn't really know what hunger was and I caught myself always just waiting for hunger to be that growling sensation within my stomach. And then once I started tuning more into my body and listening, I realized that most often my hunger showed up in just simple like just tiredness. Like I wasn't able to really focus as well as I would have if I was not hungry. It can also show up in a little bit of a headache. It can show up, well, if you're not really fat fueled and whatnot, it can show up in, you know, like shakiness because you're really low blood sugar. And also just like the attention span, moodiness, there are so many ways hunger can show up. Another common way and thing that it's so important that I mention is if you are always thinking about food. This is a big one. Um, If you're always thinking about food and it's constantly on your mind, like you're trying to answer your emails or do something productive and all you can think about is food or you're waking up in the middle of the night, it could be a sign of hunger. Um, Thinking about food is a huge one that I see with the women that I work with. More on my interview with Meg Dahl after this message from one of our podcast partners. I like to take extra precautions to support my gut during cold and flu season. The stress of daily life, work, and traveling can take a toll on anyone's immune system, and none of us have time to get sick, am I right? I like to take a strong probiotic as a way to repopulate my healthy gut bacteria, which leads to a stronger immune system. Wolf Clinic Royal Flora is my choice for soil-based probiotics. Wolf Clinic is offering 20% off their probiotics to U.S. and Canadian listeners of the Keto Diet Podcast. Head to healthfulpursuit.com slash gut and use the coupon code gut all in caps no spaces at checkout to receive 20% off unsure of the link simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all the details and on the flip side how do you deal with feeling too full (laughs) like totally opposite conversation of like oops I did it again I ate all the carbs what do I do like Britney Spears style, like what, what's happening? Um, yeah. So this is kind of funny that you asked this because I think just a couple of weeks ago, I wrote a post about this and in my eyes, Leanne, like, I'm just going to be completely honest. Like I, I wrote a post and my post said, Hey, it's okay to feel full. And for me, as I said at the beginning of this, I don't label my diet, but I also don't label emotions. Emotions are neither good nor bad. They are neutral. And feelings as well, right? A lot of us describe like that fullness as a feeling like, oh, I feel so full. And there can be a lot of negativity around that feeling. And then we start beating ourselves up about that. And really, like, I'm not that type of person. And I'm not going to say that I am. I'm, you know, I want everyone to see that fullness feeling as a 
thing of nourishment. And it, hey, if you ate a little too much um, and you're feeling a little past full and a little uncomfortable, hey, like you nourished your body and like you're going to move on. Like the, it, it happened and now you know, hey, maybe I don't really enjoy feeling this stuffed or, you know, um, and just make like a different decision for next time, I guess, um, based on how you actually want to feel. But my main message there would be no, um, like no negative or positive, right? Those feelings are neutral, essentially. That's, that's my take on it. What about you? I love that you mentioned that. And I've been I've been trying to debunk a lot of beliefs that have been implanted in my brain. And that might sound like totally crazy, but like, hear yeah. me out for a second, everyone. As a woman, I, I don't know if you saw the recent story about Doritos, how they're making a chip for ladies. Did you hear about no. this? Oh my gosh, you're going to oh, hate this. I can only imagine <laughs> how much I'm going to hate this. Yeah. So basically their whole thing was women don't like to look messy when they eat. They don't like people to hear them eating. Basically, the gist of the story is women should be ashamed of eating. We shouldn't feel full. We shouldn't show other people that we're eating. So we're making a chip that's really tiny. You get a little bit of crunch, but nobody will see. It's less messy. So you won't have cheese stuff all over your fingers and nobody will know you're even eating. And this is the world, like, this is a very, very clear example of absolutely every ad that goes out (laughs) with diet culture and those societal norms of that, that back message. If we all ask ourselves, like, just sit with things for a second, maybe pick up a magazine next time you're at the grocery store and look at this message and use your eyes, like, think of this. Oh my gosh, these are, these are marketers telling me that as a woman, I need to be ashamed of eating. I need to be ashamed of my body and that my body is my currency. And I think, you know, to, to bring this whole piece back, it's like those societal standards stand in the way of us being able to feel full. Like I had a really hard time with being okay with feeling fullness and not being ashamed. Like I remember having so much shame and guilt when I would have food in my stomach and feel uncomfortable with that for years. And that's really because I've been told since I was very young that women shouldn't be eating. <laughs> like when it really comes down to it, or people, you know, people don't want to see women eat. And I think that that Doritos ad was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, they're coming out and saying it like women don't want to be seen eating. <laughs> it's like, like, this is why we have the issues that we have. Oh my gosh. That is so terrible. So for that situation, hun, I, like I said, I kind of start by telling people, okay, let's begin by eliminating any sort of emotion tied with these feelings. So nothing is negative, nothing's positive, everything's neutral. And another um, one of my areas of expertise and passion, burning passion, Leanne, is um, helping people with the mindset work and the way they speak to themselves. So their inner dialogue, that is one of my biggest passions. So like I said, I had wrote this post that said, hey, it's okay to feel full or be full. And in that moment, like I was writing that post and I just had this huge bowl of goodness. And I realized after I was done eating that I was like very full. And that's what inspired me to write that post for people to know that it's okay to feel full. And when I feel those feelings, like I said, I'm aware that it's neither good nor bad, but I also use my voice. Like I consciously speak to myself and say, Hey babe, like you're full right now. No big deal. You had like this huge bowl of goodness that you thoroughly enjoyed and it's all good. And I ask myself like, okay, did you enjoy what you just ate? And, you know, I obviously say yes, because I take great pride in preparing meals that make me feel my best. Um, And so if I feel full because of a really nourishing meal. Um, I just use those little techniques and just move on with it because really it's not a bad thing. It's the media, as you just shared with us, kind of telling us that it's a bad thing and it's a wrong thing and yada, yada, yada. 
Yeah, all the yada yadas. And it's interesting. I was just reading an article yesterday, actually, on the power of talking to yourself in third person. And like you said, you were just talking to yourself in third person, like, hey, babe, this happened and blah, blah, blah. That can go a long way to kind of diffusing the situation. And I, I've done it just without knowing. And when I read that, I was like, yeah, I guess that would because you're not talking as yourself. You're not talking to yourself. It's like this other voice that's speaking with you. So I love that you mentioned that. And do you have any tips on how one can start having that conversation with themselves? Like some women might be listening now and be like, okay, I don't understand. Like what's the first step to doing this practice and really allowing you to find your keto? And I put that in quotation marks because like you said, I firmly believe too that keto is just a word and you can really make it your own and still feel great to finding your keto sweet spot and, and, and starting that conversation with yourself. Oh, yeah. And I know you believe that, too, because your book, I mean, it's, you know, all things keto, but it's just so personalized for whatever that might look for you and your own life. And I absolutely love it. But let's talk about this conversation we have with ourselves. So for me, I kind of said like, this is kind of one of my specialties and area of expertise. And that's because of my background with eating disorders. I would not be where I am today, the woman I am today, without this technique as part of my recovery. And what I've learned over the years is those who have not dealt with eating disorders also need to know this technique because we all have these voices that are nattering in our heads every single day. And as I worked with more and more clients, you know, not all of my clients have eating disorders. So I just was more and more aware of how necessary this tool is for everyone. So I actually recently created a program called Unbreakable Babe, and I guide women through this um, coaching program, teaching them how to kind of um, step into this area of like mindfulness. So I walk them through my four building blocks of self-love. So what's that? Um, I love self-love. I love teaching people how to love themselves. And over the years, I have created this framework that I refer to as the four building blocks of self-love. And so the four building blocks of self-love are self-talk, self-compassion, self-acceptance, and self-care. And what I have learned over the years is that if you do not have those four things in place, those four key things in place, you like don't have like this thriving, pulsing, shiny, bright sense of self-love for yourself. We need all four of those pieces in place. So through my coaching program, I help women um, and I support them and guide them through those four building blocks. And the first one, as I mentioned, is self-talk. Everything starts with our awareness, our mindfulness, and the way we speak to ourselves. So it's really about stepping into this place of mindfulness, awareness, being super aware of our thoughts, and knowing that we are in control of how we speak to ourselves. So like I said, I go into great detail um, on these four building blocks in my program, Unbreakable Babe, but also my book, Keto Freedom. I actually um, talk a lot about self-love. That's um, kind of the main message there. Mm, I love it. And I can't even believe it. We're almost at the end of the episode. I just have one last question for you. Well, two, actually. What do you feel is missing in the keto space for women? For me, more talk about self-love. I think, I think, um, that brings, you know, and I know you are all about creating like this sense of freedom within that keto space, right? You want the women that you support to feel free eating this way. And that's why I wrote my book. Um, because in all of the areas, I just don't think people are educated enough on the topic of loving themselves and how to do that. And that can bring so much freedom in 
wherever you are within your health journey. And since we're chatting about keto, I really do believe that if we talk more about self-love and educate more about self-love, there will be more freedom within that community. And that's truthfully what I think is missing in the keto community, but also just the world in general. It's my message. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love it. And you're doing great work in that space. So keep on rocking it. And my last question is, where can people find you? You mentioned your Instagram at the beginning, but any other links or places you want to send people? Yeah, so definitely head over to my website, MegTheRHN.com. Everything is kind of MegTheRHN. So if you look for me on any social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just look me up at MegTheRHN. And... I recently just started a brand new podcast. I don't even know if you know this yet, Leanne. Um, Yeah, so you and I have not chatted, but previously I've been on your show actually two times, I believe now. No, this is the third time. Lucky me. And honestly, I'm so honored that I'm back. So thank you so much, my friend. Um, But yeah, for the past two episodes, you would have heard me chat about my old podcast, The Nourished Podcast. And there we really focused a lot on all of the different areas of health and focused a lot on, you know, food and different ways of eating to support your health and whatnot. And at episode 150, we said our goodbyes to that podcast. And just now at the end of March, I just released my first episode of my brand new podcast that I am hosting all by myself and chatting with amazing women. So I can't wait to get you on Leanne, but it is called the Unbreakable You Podcast. So it's really my passion about supporting women and men stepping into their power of just being this unbreakable person that they've always truly been. So every episode I'm interviewing someone or sharing nuggets and tools to just be even more unbreakable. So that is an update, I guess. I love that. I'm so excited to listen. Oh, that's great. I just downloaded a bunch of podcasts because I have free internet right now. So I'll make sure to check out yours too. That's so exciting. Congratulations. (laughs) Thanks, love. That means so much to me. Yeah. So thanks so much for coming on the show, Meg. And the show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E82. Thank you. Thank you, girl. And that does it for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Healthful Pursuit, where you'll find daily keto eats and other fun things. And check out all of my keto supportive programs, bundles, guides, and other cool things over at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop. And I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.